0: Anyway, welcome again to church, so good to have you with us, and uh, welcome to those joining us online, and even those up at the top, I see you up there, Jerry and Janine, hello, hello, hello. So um, I wanted to encourage you this morning with something that obviously pertinent to Ignite Sunday, and um, for, for a long time, well pretty much since the beginning of the. The, the start of this church, youth and worship have been quite a priority for us. I would say they've probably been the two most important things, the areas that we focus on a lot. And it's, it's amazing because it's actually the two things that people speak about the most when they speak about our church or, you know, people that don't come to this church. They speak about how there's a lot of young people, there's a vibe and, you know, the youth pumps. And they also speak about worship that People come here and enjoy the worship here and so it's been amazing those are the two areas that we put a lot of effort into it doesn't mean we don't put effort into the other areas but we really feel that those are two significant areas that God was going to use this church and every church has its thing right that where they feel God would use it I mean you look at Hillsong how God has used them in the area of worship around the world which has just been amazing but it doesn't mean they don't do other things I mean they've actually got incredible missions and they've got an amazing college And so every church has different flows and different things that God would call them to specifically. But youth and worship are very important to us as a church. And I think it's so important that the young people are coming through. Otherwise, as I said a moment ago, we would be, you know, just a whole bunch of older people one day here in the church. We've got to have the young people coming through. I wrote this down, and I want to start off with this. It's very important that the older generation invest your words into the younger generation but it's equally important for the younger generation to invest your ears to the older generation. Shall I say that again? It's very important for the older generation to invest your words into the younger generation, but equally important for the younger generation to invest your ears into the older generation. And it doesn't mean that the older can't learn from the younger, but I just feel like there's this pattern that we see in the Bible of the older generation passing on this pattern and investing into the younger generation, whether it is in in kind of uh, spiritual terms, but also even in the marketplace and business. And you do see sometimes the issues that we have in our country where they're getting rid of um, some of the older people in business and bringing young people through, which is important, but you've got to have the wisdom of the older people as well. And Funny enough uh, I mentioned this Hebrew word to praise a little earlier about where we get our word hallelujah from there's another Hebrew word there's seven actually that we use for the word praise but one of them is a word called shabak praise which means a lifestyle of declaration so not only saying things or singing things or declaring things to God but it has this other element to it which I want to kind of teach you about today Um, we see this word Many times in the Bible, here's an example, Psalm 47, 1. It says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph and with songs of joy. That word shout is shabak praise. So praise God. There's, there's this declaration, in it, just like what some of us did yesterday. I couldn't believe how uh, loud everyone was when we sung the anthem and when the springboks scored a try. There's this excitement. There's this Declaring, You know, that you want the people on the field to, to feel your support. But then there's another aspect to this word praise, which actually, so it means to shout, to speak about, to declare, but it, it also has this idea of praise from one generation to the next. That we declare the works of God from one generation to the next. And I'll give you an example. He has two in the Bible. Psalm 145 verse four says, one generation shall praise your works to another. And shall declare your mighty and remarkable acts so it's so significant not only as parents teaching their young kids you know a little bible story at night or praying with your kids but it's beyond that even in the way that we live our lives as and as a church that one generation shall shall speak your works to another it's it's hugely important if other people are going to take the baton on from us because in in 50 years most of us probably in this room today might, well, might not be here. <laughs> it's quite scary, right? Think about it. I was just wondering if I'm cleaning myself in that. I'll be 94, right? Um, but it's so important because there is, there is a generation coming after us, and it's, if we're worried about a generation coming after us, then we need to take it on as our responsibility to invest into the next generation. It's actually what God's called us to do when we praise Him. One generation shall praise your works to another Um, Psalm 145 verse 4 says let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts let them proclaim your power how will they know if no one speaks it's very very important and I've got to be honest um, I don't know why my something's gone wrong with my my notes here Um, oh there we go they're back I've got to be honest and this is, I don't wanna just say all young people, but I'm, I'm, I'm quite worried about the generation um, you know, coming after us, because for, for a couple of reasons, and it's, a lot of it's circumstantial, and I don't think it's like all their fault as such. I think a lot of it is actually the fault of this generation, but, but I am seeing a lot of entitlement. Okay, now young people don't get offended, because that is one of the problems with a lot of young people, they get offended. It's just the truth. You see a lot of entitlement, You see a lot of uh, ill-disciplined kids and then that's because of the lack of of parenting, I think, or even the lack of fathers sometimes in in those people's, uh, children's life. You see even discipline deteriorating in schools. Um, I think some of you older people remember back to how strict things were at school. Now, some of that was also a little bit overboard, but you do see some of that. You see social media causing a huge issue on our younger generation where, yes, it's given people a platform and a voice, but with that comes this, If not suited correctly comes this like entitlement in terms of I'm just gonna say it I'm just gonna let it be known and and don't you tell me what to do and uh, you, you see a lot of that and I know there's a lot of maybe kind of older people in this room would would agree and nod with that but we've got to and it's so important that for us as an older generation wherever you find yourself in the age map here is to invest into the younger generation so that they can learn and they can grow but young people as well if young people in the room this is Ignite Sunday you need to lend your ears because there's a lot of learning and growing the Bible speaks about be slow to speak but quick to listen it's very important Proverbs 19 uh, verse 18 says this don't be afraid to discipline your children while they're still young enough to learn because when they're young they absorb things a lot more I think once they get to a certain age it's like you over the hill you don't know what you're talking about don't indulge your children or be swayed by their protests I found that word protest quite interesting because you see a lot of that as well It's like you know I know my rights you know Uh, we've had some disagreements with our kids where they you know protest you know have all these these things I'm like just let's bring it down let's just bring it down you know let's just talk about this kindly and nicely and, and and we can come to some kind of resolution so by way of setup I think it's very important that we have this heart as older people to invest into the younger but younger people to learn and to listen and to glean from the older generation anyone want to agree with that and say amen but in preparing for this, I was immediately drawn to a story, um, and there's many in the Bible, of, of one of legacy where you see older passing on to younger and some of the significance on that. And I think there's things that both of us can learn from that. And I'm talking about the older and younger generation. And it's the famous story of Elisha, the prophet, and Elijah, who was his successor. Now, God used many people in the Bible. Um, Some specifically as prophets, they would, um, what's the right word, they they would uh, foretell what's to come, God would speak to them and they would would, would bring um, kind of messages for people to either turn and repent from their ways and speak of things that would come if people didn't listen. So it was like a supernatural ability or gift that God has given people to be prophetic in nature. It's not fortune telling, but it's, it's a foresight into the future That God gives supernaturally. Are you with me? So Elijah was a prophet and there's this powerful story Where he passes on Well, he he not not necessarily right in this particular story where he passes on But where he calls a younger prophet Elisha to come and learn and glean from him And I want to pick up that story and I think there's something in it for us here today. Are you ready? So 1 Kings 19 uh, Verse 19, so it'll be up on the screens. Uh, Obviously if you've got your bibles with you, you can open up up there So 1 Kings 19 so this is the story so elijah went out and found elisha the son of shapheth plowing a field now what's really important is you see the elijah went and found that's the old generation taking some responsibility here, to go out and to seek and to find people that you can actually invest into there were 12 teams of oxen in the field i'm going to kind of read through it a little quicker, and then i'll unpack it a bit 12 fields of oxen in the field and elisha was plowing plowing with the 12th team Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Putting a cloak was almost like a mantle, just putting it over him to say, God has chosen you, God has called you. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. You'll see this like immediate thing that he just does. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I have done to you. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. It's so powerful. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. It was so funny. Yesterday we were brying at the rugby before and uh, I had a Boravos roll. Uh, I was picturing a nice big, like big Boravos roll and gin went and bought, like, you know, that thin little like, thing. <laughs> Never send it again to buy a All my friends are laughing at me. I had to put three sausages in there to make it feel like a Borevos roll. And then my one mate, you know, he's having a steak roll. I promise you, he picked up the whole steak on the brine, just put it in the roll, and just puts it like that. no slicing up nothing. So guys like to do it. Anyway, so, so they, they, he roasted uh, the meat, and he passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah his assist, as his, his assistant. It's a very significant story and there's so much in that and uh, all of us want a better future a greater life but what are some things that we can do now specifically the younger generation today seeing it's ignite sunday what are some things we can do now that can take us into what god has called us to do i don't know if you remember i think it was 2018 we had a, a theme step in step up step out or something along those lines so what are some of those things that we can step into step up into and then obviously step out into what God has called us to do see God might be calling you and we have we, got to we got to learn some things from from the word of God and I want to give you five points today that we can pull from the story and the first is this be faithful in the monotony be faithful in the monotony if you see, when Elisha was in that field, what was he doing? He was, he was doing work. He was plowing the fields. He was in, he was in the back, really, in the 12th, sec- I don't know how many they had, but he was literally, I mean, we joked about it in the week, he was staring at the backside of a cow every single day, okay? I mean, talk about dung in your face, not a nice view, every single day just plowing the fields. And I know sometimes life can feel like that, not just for young people, but even old people, we just feel like we're in the monotony, in the mundane. And I'm not saying that this word is only relevant to young people, because you might be in your 60s, and this can really speak to you today. But you know, Monday he's behind the cow. Tuesday he's behind the cow. Wednesday he's behind the cow. Every single day he is just plowing the fields. And for some of you people, just you know, you're in the season of just, uh, particularly when you're at school or studying just feels like, is this ever gonna end? You know, my daughter is just finished her trials and now she's gonna be doing a trick, and she's getting so excited. And I was telling you that the other day, I clearly remember putting that last dot on my final exam and just sitting back and smiling and going like, I am done school. You're not done learning, just by the way. You, You learn a whole lot more after school. But it feels like that sometimes. It's like, is this ever gonna end? I remember when I was younger in junior school, like a week felt like a year, man. Monday to Friday just felt long. And you, now as you get older, you know, you, you're studying at university or, and then you start kind of going out on your own and then you're just paying the bills and it's just, it's, it's hard. But I believe often God's calling comes in the mundane, in the monotony. It's in those times where God can really speak and God, because God's stirring and he's speaking to you. Maybe some of you don't know this because some of you don't know me, um, you know, from uh, way back, but I've done all sorts of things. eh? <laughs> In my life. You know, from after school, I, um, I was in a band that traveled all around. And then I actually worked at a record company. There's a picture of me uh, because I was so passionate about music. <laughs> That's me in the back stock room there. That was my job. I had to count stock. Like, I thought I was cool and I made my stock room look cool with, don't laugh at my hair and my glasses, okay? That's when Jin fell in love with me. <laughs> but I worked. I worked in a record company because I wanted to learn and grow. And um, le- this was before I did my own records or music. But I wanted to just go and learn. But it was hard selling other people's music when I just wanted to create my own. I got to be honest. Then I also did paint techniques. I went and did a course to to because my mom was only giving me like 150 rand a month allowance. I'm very grateful for it. But I needed it. Was it? But more than that. So I started about 150 month. Um, <laughs> But then I, I went and did paint techniques, and there's a couple photos here um, of, this is me, uh, I learned how to, you could take concrete floors and, and mask it out like that. How's my shirt? Doesn't say Coca-Cola, by the way. That's <laughs> pretty cool, eh? Anyway, that took me hours to mark out, and then this is the final effect. It actually looks like towels. Pretty cool, eh? This was, it was, it was a real thing back then. And then um, I used to paint technique walls when color washing was in. So go to the next picture when people like that cloudy effect. This particular job, I'll never forget because it took a whole week, it was so tiring. I remember I was at Bible college and then after college I would go and uh, paint uh, people's houses and furniture for extra money. And this lady, (laughs) she wanted it all, this peachy uh, color, the whole passage, it took forever. And you would think ah, step ladders to climb to the top. But I gotta tell you something, you see that carpet? This was before we messed it up. <laughs> so my friend, uh, Craig, was at Bible College with me. I asked him to come and help me, and I paid him to help me. But what he did is we had used a screwdriver to open the paint in, so there was a little bit of a hole there. So as we put the lid back on, he took the rubber mallet, and he went like this, and the paint went. And I promise you, it sprayed the whole way. I was standing there, and it sprayed about five meters of paint all up her carpet. We were like panicking like we didn't even have a closet we we, we got toilet paper we trying to wipe the paint it was a disaster I stood there just praying I was like God what are we gonna do like I'm like picturing all the money we've made for the whole week of work I'm gonna have to replace her carpet, and we were stressing like oh my gosh well, oh my gosh and I'm like why did you do that We be fighting with each other I like, the take anyway she, the lady comes home and she walks in and I just go oh, I'm so sorry she goes what um look oh she goes don't worry about it we're replacing the carpet Oh, I was so relieved. But we've all done those types of things and those types of jobs. And I mean, you know, it's in the monotony, the mundane, but I remember that's when God was speaking to me. God was calling me. We're joking about it before the service with Adele. She was on my case all the time when I was at Bible college and someone needed to be. But that's when God speaks, that's when God matures in your life. And if you want to be something special someday or, or do something for God, just be faithful in the monotony because God is watching. And you look at Elisha, I mean, every day he's doing the ordinary, the mundane, He's the dust and the cow dung. And, but God interrupts into that story. God is watching, and then Elijah shows up. And Elijah is the guy that's called fire from heaven. I mean, he was a big deal in those days. And I mean, you can imagine how excited Elisha must have been just to to meet this guy, I mean, he had heard about him, and this guy just rocks up. And you just don't know in your life when some lucky break will come. Well, not a lucky break, right? It's God's blessing and his favor in your life. Something just happens. You meet the right person. You're like, thank you, God. You've been waiting. You've been faithful. You've been serving. And igniting God's vision is more about becoming aware of his presence in your life right now. If you want God to ignite something in your life, just be aware of His presence right now in your life and the season that you're in, because His eyes are on you. And there's this beautiful Psalm 139, which it speaks about, it says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the furthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Take that to heart today. If you are like grinding in the mundane right now. And it goes on to say in that scripture, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's room. Thank you for making me so fearfully and wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. God knows. God knows you. He's made you. He knows the season you're in. Just be faithful in the monotony. And then point two is when he comes, will you follow First-time obedience. First-time obedience is very, very important. And you can see Elisha, he didn't hang around. He was ready. God had been stirring in his heart. When his moment came, he went. He didn't hesitate. He didn't sit down and go, "Mm, let me just think about this. Let me just kind of just get some perspective here. Let me just chat through my issues with someone first before I let this stuff go. He wasn't like, you know, should I, shouldn't I? God was already working behind the scenes, and his ordinary was interrupted by his calling, which now came into fruition. He was called, I remember at school days singing Stephen Curtis Chapman's song For the Sake of the Call, over and over again. Does anyone remember that song? For the Sake of the Call, and this was stirring my heart even back in school days, like, for the sake of the call, God, you know, and, and the song is about how people dropped their, you know, they dropped their fishing boats in their nets, and they just gave it all up, first time obedience, for the sake of the call. And it's something that you know, we try to teach our kids, first time obedience, not, not second time or third time. How many parents, you know we give like third time, fourth time, and then there's no consequences beyond that. I remember with our kids, it's like we speak, we speak once. You know? Not that they always did it the first time. Jude, particularly, is sitting in the front row. I would count to three. The other kids, I'll go, put, so Chloe, put that down. She would put it down straight away. Jude, I'd say, put that down. He would just look at me and smile. And Then I'd count one. The other kids, on one, they would drop it because they knew they were gonna be in trouble. Jude would go, I'll go one, two, three, then he'll drop it. As as I say three. <laughs> First time obedience. And I just want to say that God speaks vision to everyone that he calls. Position yourself for God to, to speak to you, to stir vision in your heart, and when he calls you, you run. And don't worry about you know, how, <laughs> just be ready when he does. And you see Elisha, as Elijah comes and puts the mantle over him, he, it says he runs. He just runs, he's like ready, yeah, I've been waiting for this all my life, this opportunity, and he just goes for it. He takes off running. The third point is this, and very important, is you gotta let go of the past. If you wanna go into what God has called you, and this is for anyone here today, you gotta to let go of some things. A greater life doesn't just begin by dreaming up something, but sometimes it's about letting go of something. How many of you know if you, if you want to buy something new or if you want to buy a new car or uh, you know, if you have the blessing of building a home, you've got to let go of the old one, right? And that's not easy sometimes to let go of something. Sometimes I was seen you've got to sow into something for somebody else so that you can experience what you trust in God for for yourself. And he doesn't... He doesn't just like run, but he literally he, he burns everything. Like if you look at the scripture, he doesn't just cook the meat, he, he, he burns the plows. Those would have been made out of wood. He, he makes a bonfire out of everything. That was his life, that was his livelihood. That was how he made his money. He'd, now, I'm not saying be stupid and just burn everything up, but obviously he was ready. God had been stirring his heart, and for him to go into what God had called him to, he needed to let go of some things, and he literally made a bra out of his plows. He burnt it all up. It seems irresponsible, and it seems crazy, but he knew what he needed to do, to go into what God had called him to do. I heard the story of a guy that was struggling you know, with a porn addiction with his... Uh, his phone, and it was a smartphone. And the one day he just had enough. He was like, I can't actually have a smartphone. I need a dumb phone. And he took his phone, his iPhone, and he threw it on the ground and smashed it into a million pieces. It's like, what are you doing? You could have sold it. Given it. He knew he needed to do that to deal with what he needed to. He took some drastic measures. Are you with me? He let go of the past so he could go into what God had called him to do. And you see this throughout the Bible. You look at the woman who poured the perfume, expensive perfume on Jesus. Seemed irresponsible, but she knew what she needed to do. It cost her everything. It symbolically meant everything. It's a decisive break from his old life, his source of livelihood, but into a new adventure with God. It's almost like Clark Kent burning his cape, you know? It doesn't make sense. He needs it to be Superman, right? In this case, he needed to burn some stuff. God's got something extraordinary for you, but you have to let go of the ordinary. Did you catch that? God's got something extraordinary for you, but you have to let go of the ordinary. So right now, you're feeling like life's a little stale. Work feels a little stale. Your marriage feels a little stale. Now I'm not saying burn your spouse, okay? (laughs) But sometimes you've got to get rid of some old mindsets and some old thinking to move forward into what God is calling you to do. Sometimes it's just a a readjustment of your thinking. Romans 12 speaks about offering our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. You see here, Elisha burns everything up. That was very symbolic in those days. That's how they used to bring a sacrifice. God might need to burn up some stuff in our own life. Present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Every part of who we are, Romans 12 speaks about. It's a matter of surrender. So the question today is Will you burn your plows? And we need to be saying, God, whatever greater life you're calling me into, big or small, I'm in. I'm letting go of the past. And sometimes for now, leaving the past might just be also about becoming more passionate about the situation that you're currently in because it's leaving a past mindset. This story boggled my mind. I got a friend. He, he, pastors, he used to pastor a church called BBC Church um, in Johannesburg, not the BBC uh, in London, right? Uh, Bryanston Bible Church. They used to live in America, and they felt very clearly they were called back to lead this church in Bryanston. Before they came back, God asked them to do the most ridiculous thing for him to be committed. God told them to cut up their green cards. He remembered just deliberating on that for for like days, months. Just like, you can't be serious. Like, what if we want to come back? This is my security guard, you know? Things go pear-shaped in South Africa. What if I'm only there for a short season? And he felt he needed to do it. And he took all the green cards, his whole family, and he cut them up. That's a big deal. I mean, people say, that's stupid. Are you mad? He needed to do that because it was a letting go of the past. They came back because they're South Africans. They were living in America. They came back to South Africa, and he passed to the church. And you know that God called them back to America? Eventually. And that, he was like, Now what, God? Like, well, now what are we gonna do? How are we gonna get back to America? They led the church for a season. He needed to do that. And somehow, miraculously, they made some calls. And they just fitted in the time frame for them to reactivate their green cards. It was a very simple process and they were managed to reactivate their green cards. Now they're back in America, leading a church in Austin, Texas. But I remember him telling me a story. It was just like bizarre. You cut up your green cards. God knows. He knew what he needed to do in his heart. Will you burn the plows? And you see, sometimes God doesn't give us all the details, but in faith, we just got to trust him with the outcome. It's not how he's going to do it, but simply he will do it. And if you sit around waiting for all the details, all the ducks in the road before you burn your plows, you're in for a long wait. I mean, look at Abraham. God just told him to go to the land that I told you to go. He's like, he didn't have all the details, he made all the excuses. You know, how often are we that as, as people like God? Like, I, I need you to, you know, show me everything. And, you know, like a GPS, we're holding in our hand and we, we're so reliant on every single turn. That's what we like in life. But what if God is the GPS? He will show you, he will lead you. You might not know what turn three or four is, but you just gotta trust him. I mean, Abraham only got a few words. What about Peter? He got one, and that was come. (laughs) Rana Bonnke said this, uh, he's a famous evangelist. He says, Peter didn't walk on water, rather he walked on the word come. He he walked on that word of faith, come, because Jesus called him. And maybe the only word you have about your future is simply trust. Maybe the only word you have for your marriage right now is simply stay. Maybe the only word that you have right now for God, show me my future, is go. (laughs) Maybe the only word you have for your financial situation right now is, I well, there's three words, I will provide. Just because Jesus doesn't show you all the details doesn't mean he, he, he doesn't know them. He knows every single hair on your head and he's rather interested in first time obedience. And sometimes you've got to let some things go. I'm quite sentimental as a person. And uh, I've even got some books from class one, just to show my kids, you know. But in our lives, we've had to let go of some things, and you throw out some things. June's quite good at that. Sometimes she throws away things that I actually want to keep, she's thrown away prizes that I got given that I hadn't yet redeemed. Um, she gives her clothes away often, and I'm like, where's that, I liked it, why did you give it away? She's like, if she hasn't worn it in three, four months, she gives it away. <laughs> but I remember also burning some stuff in my life, literally, physically. Do you remember, we burnt some of those martial arts things, I remember my mom burning this picture that was a little dodgy, it was this picture of this dragon which was this eastern god, she, she burnt the thing. Remember, it wouldn't burn, huh? It was the eagle. Um, I remember burning some CDs back in the day, And uh, you, you see this throughout the Bible, just letting things go. The disciples just left their fishing nets in their boats right there, and they followed Jesus. What plow is he asking you to burn? Count the costs of burning the plows, but also count the costs of not burning them. Count the costs of burning the plows, but also count the costs of not burning them. And you know what's interesting? Elijah says, you know, when he... When he says, remember I said, I'll come back to the point where he said, don't forget what I've done. Do you remember that? Sometimes we need those reminders because so often when we go back to the past, before he went back to go say bye to his family and have the little briar, he reminded him what I've done for you. Because so often when we get back to the familiar surroundings of the past, it's so easy to hang on and to stay and hold on to those things. That's why he said, I, I just, just need to remind you what I've done. And we need daily reminders of what God has done for our life and how God has called us and what God is gonna do in our life. And the last two very quickly is celebrate the season. Celebrate the season. It doesn't have to be a season of mourning, burning things and letting go of the past. It can be a celebration. And you see, it's exciting for Elijah. He burns the plows. He, they said they had a whole party. He was very generous and he just they took all the meat and they, he had a briar for everybody just to celebrate. And it's a celebration of a season into unknowing. That can be very daunting and very scary, but you gotta celebrate the season because He knows. Take moments in your life to celebrate things. Have a lunch, have a coffee with someone. Very important. And the last point is remember legacy. I spent the most on burning the plows because I think that's the one that we need more time on because it's very hard for us to let go. But the last point is remember legacy. touched on a little bit earlier but life carries on there will be a time when when none of us are here anymore but there's a generation there's a people coming after us not only your immediate family but people that you choose to invest your life into and what I love about Elisha who then followed in uh, Elijah's ways, I mean, he went on to do some incredible things. Obviously, God used him. I mean, I don't have time to go into the story today, and I wasn't planning to, but there was this one story where he would stop at this, uh, this lady's home that he knew. It was a, a Shunan a woman. It was a wealthy woman, and he would often stay there. He, she even made a little room for him when he would come on his travels. And this woman lost her, her son. He, he, he died. And out of like frustration, almost like anger to God, she went and put him on the prophet's bed, to say, God, like, you've blessed me with a son, but like, now what? And put him on the prophet's bed. Like almost, uh, you can imagine the grief that she would have had. But then called for Elisha. And Elisha came. It's such a powerful story. You should go read it. It's in 2 Kings 4. And he, he lies on top of the, the, first of all, he tells them all to get out of the room because it's like, you guys maybe don't have faith. He lies on top of the the, the, the boy and his mouth on, his mouth eyes to eyes. And uh, He breathes life into this dead child. And this boy comes back to life. Even says he sneezed like seven times or something. It's crazy, I mean, I don't know why you record that in the Bible, God, but it's interesting, he sneezed. I don't know, maybe he just had to get rid of the, shake the dust off, right, I don't know. But isn't that powerful? God used him so powerfully, now there's a legacy of God's miraculous power. But the last and final story is this. When it talks about legacy long after you're gone, and this is what excites me more than anything, is 2 Kings 13. It just says, then Elisha died and was buried. Thanks, God. <laughs> Elisha was, di- he died and was buried. That's the reality. We all, you know, dust to dust. I mean, it just says he died and was buried. But after he died, it says this. Groups of the Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. Once when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders coming across from the hill. So they hastily threw the corpse, this man that they were burying, into the tomb of Elisha and fled. So Elisha's dead body was in a tomb. Dead, dead. They take this dead guy, they're going to bury him. They throw him into Elisha's tomb but as soon as the body touched Elisha's, Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. There was still life in his bones long after he died. Isn't it powerful? Long after you're gone, what life do you leave? That, I mean that just is powerful, isn't it? You can feel God's spirit moving and working in and through that. And I trust that as you've got a revelation of that today, that you can understand more than anything, as you let go of the past, as you grab onto God's calling, long after you're gone, let's trust that God would use your life as a testimony. There are young people, hundreds of them here on a Friday night that need that legacy. They need people like you investing into them so that they can be revived. Because let me tell you, there's some young people that are, they, they're struggling, man. Their lives feel like They're nothing. They're spiritually dead inside and they need you to bring them back to life. What investment are you gonna leave in them? What is God stirring in your heart today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for <laughs> your words every week. Just, just mind-blowing, God, what you wanna say and speak to us as your people. Lord, firstly, I pray for any young person in this room that that story would be just one that would really motivate and encourage God just to be faithful in the monotony. But when you call, there would be first-time obedience. There would be a letting go of the past. There would be a celebration of the season ahead and the excitement to know that one day even the young person will leave a legacy. And Lord, for maybe more senior people in the room, I pray that the story would just motivate and inspire them to invest into the younger generation, God, that you would use every single one of us. There's so much that you can give. There is wisdom that you have that is yet to be unlocked. God, would you bring strength to those bones today? Would you renew those minds today? Give them an excitement and enthusiasm for the younger generation, God as we celebrate Ignite Sunday today, that this church would leave a ye- legacy of young people coming through long after we'd gone, that it would flourish, that it would grow, that dead bones would come to life. Lord, we need your life more than anything. We need your spirit to be moving in and through of us today. And senior person today, if your heart's been stirred, be intentional this week. Say, God, is there anyone in and around my life that you would be calling me just to invest it, would, it could be just an impartation of your skills, your leadership. It could also be a spiritual impartation. And we're dreaming even in some things in the whole kind of groups environment here at church where we can have a little bit of that going on. Maybe it's just teaching a younger person just how to be a husband or a ladies, mom's. Whatever it is, whatever God's stirring your heart, it's significant, it's so important that we are imparting to the next generation. It doesn't mean we have all the answers and we know how to do it and they don't have anything to say, but God wants to use you. Let God just impress on your heart this morning. Maybe there's some people around you that you can be of influence to and leave a legacy to. It's so important. See, it's not just about leaving a legacy of wealth but what about the spiritual deposit that God wants want to use you today? Thank you, Jesus. And my final prayer is for anyone here today. Maybe you've just come to church today. Maybe you've been coming for a couple weeks. I mean, you've been inspired by the worship and maybe in the Word of God today, and you feel like, you feel a little dead, and you need to be revived back to life. God wants to do that in your heart today. You just feel a little stale, a little like, just worn out. God wants to instill new life in you today. And one of the things that we need to do, if we've never recognized our need for a Savior, our need for God, we need to say, God, come and live in my life. Forgive me from my past. And i ask you to come and revive me today. And if that's you, I'd love to pray a prayer with you today. And maybe just so I know who I'm praying with, maybe you can just pop up your hand just a little so I can see if there is anyone. We're all gonna pray the prayer together. Anyone here wanting to pray a prayer like that today? Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. That's amazing. I think I saw one hand go up today. Can we all pray this together as a church? Dear Lord Jesus, from today, I invite you to be Lord of my life. Come and live in my heart by your spirit. Change me and make me into the person that you want me to be. I turn from my past and I ask you to forgive me Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. And from today, Lord, I choose you and I want to live for you. In Jesus' name. Everyone agreed and said? Amen. Amen. Thank you, church, for listening. I'm going to hand over to Jim.